and other effective models of permanent housing solutions have to be explored and highlighted more as we move toward housing America. We have to take responsibility for all of our citizens. Housing needs to be seen as a basic right. Without it, people cannot thrive. Hi, and welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome. You know, Cindy, I've noticed that there are more homeless people than ever in every city that I go to, including our hometown city, Philadelphia. It really makes me upset. Oh, I've noticed it too, Julie. It seems like homeless people are seen as an uncomfortable annoyance to a lot of people who just pass them by, but homelessness is a matter of life and death for the people experiencing it. It is, literally. It's been a problem for as long as I can remember, too. And when COVID hit, that fact really came to light. Yeah, like so many healthcare and social crises in this country. Exactly, Julie. People experiencing homelessness have always been more vulnerable than the general population, you know, to diseases like hepatitis B, hep C, tuberculosis, and they're also at one of the highest risks for infection, complication, and death from COVID-19. Exactly. That's really what we saw through COVID-19, so many deaths of homeless people. They have underlying health conditions because a lot of times they're just unable to access medical care. You know, they're not in the system and they don't get proper nutrition. They may not have proper sanitation, all the stuff that keeps us healthy. Yeah, they also live in unsafe conditions like overcrowded shelters that don't have spaces for social distancing. Not to mention dangerous people among them and the lack of safety often. So homelessness increased in the beginning of the pandemic when important services were shut down for a while. The lack of affordable housing made it even harder for struggling people to buy or maintain homes especially if they had changes in income from the pandemic or they couldn't work because they had kids at home to care for. The pandemic also changed some of the ways we treat homelessness and some of our ideas about what can be done. That's true, Cindy. In addition to COVID-19 highlighting vulnerable populations, like those living without homes, it also showed the kinds of things we're capable of doing to take care of them. Usually, when there's an outside emergency like a deadly heat wave or a dangerous cold front, homeless people are pushed to go into shelters for homeless people. A lot of people experiencing homelessness avoid these shelters, except in these emergencies, and some avoid them always, at all costs. Well, it could be because they're afraid of being robbed there or attacked, like I said, or, you know, they also can have mental health issues like paranoia that can make them uncomfortable in a shelter. Philly's Office of Homeless Services estimates around 5,700 people are homeless in Philadelphia, and about 950 of them have no shelter. Yeah, the outdated shelter system has never been great. It works at a minimal level for those it works for, and there are many people that it just doesn't work for at all. 
And shelters cost taxpayers a lot of money for not a lot of effectiveness. Yeah. People without homes sometimes have to wait a long time to get into a shelter, which is then barely adequate. There's not much stability in a shelter, and especially during a health crisis like COVID, people in these situations are at great risk. It's not like there were good quality COVID interventions happening in homeless shelters. Going into a shelter could actually put someone at more risk for getting COVID, like you said before, Cindy, just from crowding. Yeah, so for a minute during the pandemic, homeless people became a priority, and there was a push to find safe accommodations for people living on the streets, especially the most vulnerable of the vulnerable, the ones who are older or disabled or ill. For a minute, metaphorically speaking. In a lot of places, the government increased funding to find solutions for homelessness. Cities moved lots of people experiencing homelessness from the streets and shelters into hotels and motels. The Federal House America Initiative formed partnerships with city and county leaders, tribal nation leaders, and governors to find permanent homes for at least 100,000 people and to develop thousands of new units of affordable housing. Yes, and as part of this initiative, Philadelphia got $42 million and 863 emergency housing vouchers to provide housing to 3,000 people. This is not even enough, but is hopefully a good step toward focusing on permanent housing. It's a step, and it's definitely not enough. While a lot of these ideas for dealing with homelessness are really creative, they're also problematic in that they are only temporary solutions. In order to function, to have a life, people need a stable home. They do. Some of the creative interventions, for example, have included things like repurposing trash and making what are actually referred to as parasitic developments. I just have to say, that's not really good branding. It does not sound attractive or acceptable. It's kind of insulting. Yep. Housing has been designed by various people in various countries who do care about a place for homeless people, but their designs can be offensive. It's a very cool idea, for example, that a 12-year-old was able to design a one-person shelter out of packing peanuts, or that homes can be built from trash or even insulated with more trash. But I don't know that that sounds very attractive, and I'm not sure it's what people ultimately need. It sounds ingenious. But these don't sound like permanent homes. How long would you want to live in a home made of trash? Wouldn't it decompose? Sometimes it seems like we think of people experiencing homelessness as a different species from the rest of us. Why would we think that any people should or would be grateful for a trash house? Well, it's cool to make stuff out of recyclables, but usually it's something like a deck or a (laughs) garden wall or something like that. There have even been housing options for homeless people made out of or made to look like trash cans or dumpsters, believe it or not. And again, these ideas seem really creative, but when you think about it, would you want to live in one of these designs? Or is it just truly insulting to other human beings? I mean, what would make a person want to live in one outside of sheer desperation for a private space? I bet plenty would opt out. Like they opt out of shelters. It feels, it just feels disrespectful. And how safe are they? It's hard finding safe places to pitch your tent or your trash house where someone doesn't want you to move. And there's often harassment or at least a noticeable will for you to leave as soon as possible. Absolutely. Communities don't like 
having homeless people move into their area. Then there are what are called parasitic shelters, which are inflatable shelter pods that connect to a building's outside heating vents. Some can even attach to the exteriors of buildings themselves. I just don't like the name, the parasitic shelter name. That's kind of awful. It is awful. There have also been ideas to house homeless people in abandoned or unfinished buildings or empty warehouses. During COVID, in addition to using hotels and motels, which I actually really like, some people were housed in offices, which I also like, and they were housed on cruise ships and even empty shipping containers. Yeah, some are really good ideas. These were creative ideas to get safe shelter for lots of people, given the nature of the pandemic and the unsafe conditions of living on the street. But these weren't long-term solutions. The short-term solutions didn't create a real home for anyone. Right. Living on a cruise ship is not a permanent status home. These homes are inflatable or portable or underground, like an abandoned subway station or inside concrete pipes. But how long can you live like that? And why should anybody? That's not a home except maybe for a rat. So taken together, these interventions perpetuate a myth. The myth that people experiencing homelessness are a different class of human being, so-called street people or even parasites. Right, like the names, parasite shelters. (laughs) Homeless people don't actually come from the streets. I mean, I know that's obvious, but I feel like we need to say that. Nobody aspires to it. No one wants to be homeless. No one wants to be homeless when they grow up. They don't ever want to be homeless. They come from homes. They are someone's son or daughter, sister, brother, you name it. Exactly. Tents, pods, makeshift shelters can be helpful as temporary solutions, but aren't homes in the longer term. None of these are really solutions to housing as a human right. Absolutely, Cindy. I totally agree. In fact, a lot of this kind of housing reinforces the idea that while people are experiencing homelessness, and that they deserve shelter for safety, including from disease. We can only offer temporary or second-class, and I think it's worse than second-class accommodations, like they really don't deserve good enough housing. And they are people, just like us. Yeah. People experiencing homelessness need permanent solutions, a permanent home, not our leftover trash and cardboard or a tent like they're camping. Tents are just better than nothing but they're not a permanent home. And neither is a structure made from packing peanuts, a trash can, a pod, a subway station, or even a cruise ship. They're not. None of these options is a permanent, affordable, and dignified housing situation. Right. So, you know, in my perfect world, (laughs) ideally, if homelessness has to exist, and sometimes it does due to natural disasters or hardships that befall people and affect their housing, it should be really rare and always temporary. As homeless numbers are rising quickly, we need new permanent housing ideas. Right. There are some good ideas that are efficient but effective, like 3D printed houses. That's kind of cool. Tiny houses, safe parking RV parks, and other alternatives to the shelter system. And we should be exploring these. Some initiatives which began in Finland, known as Housing First, have seen some good success with studies. Housing First starts with the belief that people need food and housing first before anything else. 
So the priority is just getting people in permanent housing. That totally makes sense, doesn't it? They're also offering counseling, social workers, support, which helps a lot in getting people back on their feet. But it's not a condition of the housing. Because they believe they need housing first. Right. Before anything else. We could also take some lessons from Japan, which has a close to 0% homelessness rate. That is really impressive. And Japan is known as a society that tries to take care of all of its citizens. I think you're right. The United States could learn a little from them. So, listeners, you can learn more about these and other ways to work towards housing for all at endhomelessness.org, which is the website of the National Alliance to End Homelessness. These and other effective models of permanent housing solutions have to be explored and highlighted more as we move toward Housing America. We have to take responsibility for all of our citizens. Housing needs to be seen as a basic right. Without it, people cannot thrive. Housing is a human right. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.